thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Shorsha Speaks With. And today I'm speaking with Melissa Hurry, who is a screenwriter, filmmaker, producer, co-owner and co-founder of Rhyme Entertainment Limited. And I'm sure you do, you know, plenty of other things as well. It sounds like you're, you, you do plenty of things in the, in the arts industry. <laughs> uh, well, hello, Melissa. How are you? Oh, I'm really, really well. Thank you, Shersha. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll probably say I'm a Jill of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> and probably I'll add something else to it. Like, that's just the way I roll. So <laughs> This is just a start. This is just... Uh, this yeah. is, uh, we'll probably talk about it as well. You're, you're being a juror as well at film festivals. You're a script reader. Uh, so we'll be talking about... Uh, some of these things anyway that that you do and uh, you know the great service that you provide for other people in the arts industry um, mm -hmm. but uh, first uh, I wanted to ask is well, I suppose how did you get into the the film industry so when did you know that you wanted to be part of the film and arts industry before we go into specifically what you do uh, how, how how when did you know okay this is what I want to do this is what I want to you know focus on in my life yeah, so I mean, really, when I think about that journey, I mean, I always go start off with the story, oh, it started in 2009, I had this dream, and then I woke up one day, and I just wanted to write a film, which was actually true, it did happen that way. But then as I start digging in and a little bit more, I realise actually, music and film has always always been a part of my life since a really young age um and actually it's, it's just always had I've always had an interest in it into acting filmmaking I've watched loads and loads of films from a really young age again growing up with um my family as well they've always kind of you know got me to watch loads and loads of films from different genres so I'm always really appreciative of that and as well as having a good range of taste in music as well so it was actually um, another point in my life where I actually realised that I probably should have um, made a point of noticing that I had a knack for film was when I was actually at school, age 13, um, I actually had to write a story. So one of my favourite teachers at the time, her name was Miss Malcolm. And she was very like, oh, you must read. You must always read stories, literature. She was really very um, on point with her, the way that she would always deliver her English classes. Anyway, I loved her to bits. There was one assignment that she particularly got us all to write. So I want you to write a story. I can't even remember what the full thing was about, but she wanted all the descriptions, you know. She wants to know how blue the sky was, how green the grass was kind of thing. And I was really proud of the story that I, I written and I submitted it. Anyway, she turned around about a week later when we had our English class and I had the worst grade that I ever got in my whole entire life during English, but it was followed by the words that she'd written. This is more or less should be for a Hollywood, um, a Hollywood film. You've written a Hollywood script. <laughs> and then she, then I saw the grade. Um, but then I looked at that grade and I'll go into exactly what grade that was yet. Um, and then I was just like, actually, those comments are really a huge compliment for me. So I was really happy. And I was like, oh, this is like the best day of my life. Like to know that I could actually write a script at the age of like 13 or like 12, 13. So um, 
so yeah so it was absolutely a pin you know a point in my life that I realized oh I've actually got a bit of a talent but guess what I just sat on it and did nothing with it because I didn't think you could do anything with that so uh, but it was a huge compliment in that in itself so that was I would say probably my first point of when I touched into the film industry within school but then I did subsequently take drama so that was amazing. <laughs> yeah I mean if my English teacher had told me any story that I wrote because I loved English as well and writing stories yeah. um, and I loved English but I could never get an A in English I always got like B plus or B my which are good grades yeah but I could and I got you know A's in other subjects but I really really wanted an A in English and in stories because I loved writing but I could never get that I could and I think my my teacher might have known it I think he was kind of like nearly kind of trolling me he's like George nearly there nearly there keep going keep going <laughs> but if, if someone had told me if my English teacher told me yeah your story is like a Hollywood script I was like oh wow <laughs> that's a great compliment thank you <laughs> <laughs> exactly she never actually understood why I had a big smile on my face after she gave me that <laughs> feedback and it was just like and now obviously we're in 2021 now uh, this was like in 97 and now I realized like wow do you know I, I mean I'm not sure I think she's still around I really don't know to be honest but mm. it probably would have been something where she would have said ah so that's where that came from that point <laughs> when I gave her and it was a c minus that I got um, I'm used to getting A's because I destroyed her whole vision of what I should have written really for that uh, for that assignment <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but still, I mean, it, it only for this uh, this great this C minus story that you had written, it probably launched you into this uh, this career. We wouldn't have you as a yeah. filmmaker, or <laughs> there'd probably be no rhyme entertainment without it. So, did you send any uh, any presents or any gifts or any cards to the teacher as a thank you for the C minus? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. It's it's a strange thing, you know. And I kind of wished I did because I think at that point you know I didn't do anything with it then. like to even know that oh one day I'm gonna be a screenwriter or one day mm. I'm gonna you know do some filmmaking it was just like oh that's good to know park it and then it, you know life went on um and obviously around that you know teenagers and all of that you're thinking all sorts of other stuff other than what you want to do in the mm -hmm. future so yeah um but then it did come back to me so 2009 was where you know it was you know really really strange stuff and I think probably maybe a lot of filmmakers might resonate with this or screenwriters might resonate with that in terms of sometimes you can come up with these stories or you can dream certain things and, and that's basically what happened to me I had this real uh, vivid dream um, of an actual plot and it was really exciting. I don't know, you know, exciting dreams are brilliant. And then I woke up one morning and I said, you know, I need to write this. I need to actually put, um, laptops were around then. So it was actually, I need to type this out rather than write it. Um, and I literally just did it. And I made sure that I was on that laptop throughout that whole week to practically, yeah, it was about three weeks onwards, just writing out a basis of a feature that you know that again just really kind of pushed me into taking screenwriting courses 
um, starting to enter small competitions like with a camera for all oh, well what if I wrote and then I decide to shoot my own stuff and you know I just started to think about all of this not knowing that this was a plan it was just something I wanted to do just because because I really like films I really enjoy them and I can see things happening in them and I've got the imagination so let's just write it out and attend some courses and see what I could do and from that step on, you know, from 2009 onwards, that's basically where I really pushed out um, that journey and really started to take myself a little bit more seriously. No, that's great. So you literally had a dream and, mm. and you you followed it then, literally. Yeah, yeah, literally. No, yeah. And I think that could probably be in a film also. But yeah. And, you know, I just became like this crazy writer um, and, you know, how it how it goes from there. But um, but yeah, that was, I would say, probably the biggest part where I thought, actually, this is something I could do once I started attending like uh, Burbank University, doing screenwriting and then just started to see, well, let me just make like these little quirky videos videos get some friends involved and start to move it along that way and, and that's where it kind of really boosted my confidence to kind of push forward in in that sort of journey oh, fantastic and was this first script a hollywood type script or was it uh, uh as good as that now you know would your teacher says yeah this would be a hollywood script or no it's not good enough now melissa it's <laughs> yeah you see you get to that point and i would say it was definitely there in terms of that <laughs> but um you know again you start to write all of this out and it looks amazing you can see it its potential um but then there was some certain setbacks as well because you do start to get very self-critical especially mm. when you start to kind of write things and for you it's good and it might be all right for your family members and they might say oh that's really cool but then you start to think yeah but I don't think I can do it I don't think mm. this and you start to hit those walls of those elements of self-doubt um and also um you got your day job as well so <laughs> there's that aspect as well where you do have to think about right but if I put all of my blood sweat and tears into this I still need to pay bills I still need to do this I still need to do that so you kind of start to again start to reprioritize a few things so unfortunately with that the screenwriting then it did start to kind of fade away and then I had to kind of move into the more um I don't like to say this, but the realistic way of thinking in terms of where your mindset is at. So I, I would say that this screenplay is going to be picked up again and moved forward. But I'm but again, I am working on some other projects at the moment. Okay. And what, what's the name of this, uh, the, this script that you wrote, if you don't mind me asking? That's... Uh... Yeah, so the yeah, the name is yet to be determined. Oh, okay. um, yeah. The plot is, um, I was playing around with a lot of different names for it, um, but the plot is still there and it is a very much action slash slasher uh, slash supernatural kind of um kind of screenplay but it is moving along in its journey but like I said it's kind of a special project that I still want to kind of bring back now now that I've kind of had a bit more of the exposure and experience um just to try sure. and bring that because it's still in the back of there it hasn't lost its light yet okay and then when you're writing a script does the word budget ever come into your mind? <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Which word? Does the word budget 
So yeah. uh, when you're writing and you have, you know, you mentioned you have a lot of imagination. Yeah. I, I can do anything. I can write. That's a great way of writing. You know, now I'm not really a writer myself, but you could write anything. And then we need to film it. Uh, do you go, oh, yeah, maybe we can't. Or maybe if you're working with a director or whatever people and say, yeah, you know, we can't really include this. This, uh, mm. you know, we'd need George Lucas or Marvel to <laughs> <laughs> the budget that they have. Yeah. Um, it's, so have you had to change a script or anything based oh, on yeah, budget? Definitely. Um, my current projects that I've been doing, um, well, some ones already um, been made and I'm actually working on a couple of others as well budget is a key thing um and I'm the sort of person um you know I'm not obviously not going to compare myself to Tarantino or anyone but <laughs> I like to make my own films because I just like that control okay mm. so that's just it um so basically you do have to take that into a lot of consideration there's some certain things that even what I've done currently so my most recent project is a short film that I wrote um, called Maybe It's Not, which has um, been selected and finalised at film festivals um, within the last couple of months uh, since I've pushed it out there. So um, that in itself was a film created in lockdown and there's no budget, but you're still having to change things around because sometimes it's not even just about the money, but it's also about the logistics as well. Mm. Um, and that's what I've learned myself being involved in that. Um, and one of my upcoming projects, which is now I'm actually already uh, doing a crowdfunder for, um, ready to be, I mean, I'm gonna start shooting this summer. Um, I mean, that in itself, I am trying my best to really sort out the budget. I've already labelled it as an expensive short, but it's a short film that I've been sitting on for ages. And, you know, I've worked on it with them. Um, it's based on a hip hop song that my uh, one of my friends has actually recorded. And I literally listened to it. And I said, oh, this is so good. I need to write about this. And we've put this whole short together and you know it's absolutely brilliant um well we think so anyway but yeah so what we ended up doing was like okay now we're gonna make this how much do we need and I was like crikey I need to really make some money for this because it's a multi-scene sort of place it's not necessarily something that can be done in one place or maybe two places there's going to be involvement from a lot of things and a lot of uh, props and decor setups and uh, set design and all of that so looking at it you're like right okay what can I do now so now I'm in that process of looking at it knowing what is practical knowing where the money's at and thinking, right, now I need to start shaving off or re reprioritizing certain things and, and what I might need. And, that, and that's basically the whole process of it. And I've learned a lot from my filmmaking buddies about that. So I can only say thanks to them for their advice and what I get from them in terms of, you know, where I kind of, that light bulb moment helps me to mm. kind of reprioritize and look at things like money because that is important. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, absolutely. It's uh, because, you know, as, as I mentioned, writing, you know, writing books or something, you can write nearly anything, but then when you have to film it, <laughs> yeah. as you mentioned. And then another thing um, is you mentioned as well during, you know, COVID, during lockdown. Did, did mm. you film uh, maybe it's not during COVID, during lockdown? Yeah, yeah. Wow, because so... I, I heard, it, you know, making films is challenging enough. 
but I'm sure making a film during COVID, during lockdown, just adds to the challenge because, you know, yeah. why not? So how did you overcome these challenges then? That, uh... Well, I mean, I think luckily it was, it was a simple short. So originally I'd written this, this was none, one of my other pieces from way, way back um, that I'd written. And originally it was supposed to just be two people meeting in a park and they keep meeting and, you know, really nice and simple. Um, and, you know, to cut a long story short, you know, it made, for some reason, the footage was ruined. Oh. I really, you know, I, I just say, look, it's in the hands oh. of the universe sometimes and oh. things just happen. And, and, you know, I'm really open to that. And um, yeah, you know, and again, you know, you just leave it. And that's basically where I would say probably my filmmaking journey then just kind of switched off. And, you know, kind of going into the COVID side of it, weirdly, COVID gave me the kick up the backside that I needed to get started on my filmmaking again. Um, I don't know, maybe I just work very opposite to everyone else, like what everyone else is set back. I'm like, no, we could do this, we could do that. I just see some sort of way out, like in, in every sort of crazy situation. Um, and yeah, so when it came to COVID, I said, oh, that script. I wonder how it could work it just and again it's one of those stories it stays in the back of your mind all the time and you know it's always something where I've said to my friends oh it's a real shame that we lost it um we need to get back out and record again so anyway with Covid being locked down just being at home um I just pulled up the script again and I said right I'm actually going to rewrite this but I'm going to make this virtual um Weirdly enough, you know, I mean, the stars aligned and I'm a great believer of everything happens at the right time. Um, a dear friend of mine now, who I didn't know then, got in, uh, got in touch with me and basically said, oh, I've seen your profile and I really want you to direct a short for us. I don't even know what I put on this profile. And I was like, I did not even <laughs> say I was a director or anything, but I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do this. So anyway, she, you know, we'd got to know each other just through some Zoom catch-ups and, you know, how we would want to work on a few things for the future. Um, and then I thought, actually, I could cast her in one of, in, in this short because she seems very proactive. And I think this is something I could work with her on. So I just put the idea to her um, and she was like, yeah, fantastic, I'm on board. So I thought, great, I'm just gonna find another actor because I didn't want to be in it. I was like, well, I'm not going to act in this. I want to direct, like if I'm gonna throw myself in this, let me do this from another point of view. Um, so I started scouting for actors and, you know, that just didn't, it just didn't come up. Like, you know, we had one actor they weren't able to do it. And then we had another actor and he wasn't able to do it for, you know, different circumstances. So why is this happening? I really need to get, it's a simple concept of a short. It's nothing difficult. Why am I not getting the actor? So then, Shasha, to cut a long story short again, I just basically said, I'm gonna do it, forget it. Let me just throw myself into this. And, you know, if, if it's bad, it's my fault. It's definitely not her fault, it's gonna be my fault. <laughs> but if I don't do this, I'm never gonna have that one that I could have started off with that, you know, could push me to do other things. Um, so in this 
locked down the recent one, um, obviously for um, for these. It's, it's hard to keep yeah. track of the lockdowns. I, find. I know. Yeah, I've lost <laughs> track of all of them. So we basically said, okay, let's just do it. I said to her, right, how good are you? Or like, you know, I've written out every single thing that you need to do at home of what, what you need to do when you're, you know, if you can just get a phone or if your phone's not working or you haven't got um, a, a tripod to fit it on, could you use your laptop to record yourself? And I'm gonna do the exact same thing, you know, zero equipment, just using your phone and your laptop. What can we do with this um, to make it work? And she was, you know, and we just tried different things. She was trying different things at home. I was doing stuff, you know, again, I just said, you know, don't worry about it. Look, we've got Zoom. I've got the recording stuff. We're going to record the screen of us talking, our conversations. You just switch your phone off, do like a, you know, a selfie sort of shot or, you know, and again, let's just have a play around with this. We ended up shooting it all in one day. And I managed to put all of it together within a week and then just submitted it out there. So, look, we just need to get this out. We need to get our rubber stamp on a few things now and just push it out there. And, yeah, so it worked. There was some, obviously, deletion of scenes that we have done as extras and stuff. But it, it worked. And, you know, I had some really good advice as well. One of my good friends that I met at Paris International Film Festival, Rekele Freganese, she did an actual web series just using Zoom. Um, and, you know, I just kind of, you, you know, you've got to ask the questions, otherwise you're never going to know, how did you do this? And, yeah. you know, just gave me a few, a few pointers. And then it was done. It was like, look, let's just do it. And, and that's the, basically the way that I've always done things. Just do it and see what happens. Yeah, that's... No, that, I think that's, you know, great advice because, it's, you know, we're saying circumstances uh, mm. didn't allow us maybe to to meet physically. So how else can we do it? But it, yeah. it certainly did seem to work because it won a few awards that I can see as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's been selected. It's reached finalists for, um, so I got finalists for two um, awards, first time filmmaker and LGBTQ short. And then also um, as best short as well um, at Beyond the Curve International Film Festival. So some really good stuff. And yeah. again, you know, if it gets win a win, brilliant. That's amazing. But if it's not just to be selected and finalists is good enough, right? So, yeah, but I yeah, mean, and that's the aim of it. <laughs> but I mean, it must be great to get this recognition that all the work that you're putting in and then you, you spoke about, you know, the self-doubt at the very beginning and now... Mm that you're fully invested in this and now you're getting this recognition and, you know, filming indie, you know, challenging and unusual circumstances that we all find ourselves in. <laughs> um, yeah. That, you know, must, must be great, Stan. So, well, congratulations on that. And, oh, um, thank you. It's, uh, but, but yeah, and, you know, as, as well as you mentioned, you want to do your own work. I mean, because I, I have heard from, you know, script writers, I mean, in Hollywood to say that they send in scripts and then if they're made to movies that they realize, yeah, this isn't their script. It's completely different. It's, they have completely changed it. So is, is, is that an issue that script writers, you know, face that you mentioned you want to control of your own script, which I think is perfectly natural. 
yeah um, I think it is it is a thing there I mean like you know I think with any any sort of production whether that's Hollywood whether you're here whether you're anywhere in the world you know when a production company sees it there are going to be changes and again mm. like you mentioned earlier I'm sure it could be to do with budgets it mm. could be to do with okay maybe that scene is a little bit dangerous we can't have them pour acid into a wound no that's in none of my scenes <laughs> that's in none of my scenes by the way um, but yeah um but you know like obviously things like that need to be taken into consideration and we get that but then there is the you know elements and I've seen this from like you know peers that I've you know spoken to or just you know I'm in part of the screenwriters group and you know you, you come across mm. all the sorts of stories that they really want to chop and change things so to be honest like I said you know it's not that I'm a control freak I just like it to look a certain way um but That's yeah enough, so again, <laughs> yeah and I think but if you find a team that also sees your vision then that's brilliant then work with them but then at the same time if you know there's particular things or a particular message that you really want to get across and if that doesn't happen then you I find that it's a good thing to be on both ends as well mm. like I I think it's really empowering being able to say right I've written this and now I'm going to produce this or I'm going to direct this and I think that's a beautiful thing because you get to see from start to finish now I've come from project management background as well so I'm very much from concept to delivery to kind of seeing what the outcome is so I like to be part of that whole thing and I think it's something that is nice especially for a writer to see that their idea is being seen and how it can be seen or you know working with them collaboratively so you can see right this is the vision I have does that still meet your expectation? I think there's some really good ways that you can work with other production companies, but I think also there is that thing, if it is your baby, why not get stuck in and, and kind of see it from a, you know, a director point of view or producer point yeah. of view? I imagine it must be hard to like give your baby away. To, yeah. <laughs> so I spent so long on this because I was listening to, uh, now this is going back a few years, the, the writers of the James Bond movies or some of the James yeah. Bond movies that they were mm -hmm. on the Empire Film Podcast and I think they said they wrote the first draft of one of the previous movies uh, and then it was the one with the um, uh, infamous Invisible Car. <laughs> and yeah. they said, you know, their name was on the you know, script writers in the credits, but they said, we never wrote that Invisible Car. <laughs> that that yeah. was added yeah. afterwards by someone else, but their name wasn't on the script. So now we're getting blamed for it. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, you see, exactly. <laughs> so, and then this is why, you know, I mean, I think there's a lot of things. Some people are happy to kind of do that, you know, write the script sell it to um you know uh, wh whichever production company and get it made and, and that's great because if you can make money from it why not this is a good opportunity and I'm not saying that that's a bad mm. thing but it just depends on what your passion is and how much you want kind of some sort of ownership on it and and you know everyone's different I'm pretty sure that if any production company and again I'm throwing this out there if anyone wants me to write a script you know great oh you know again I would be happy to do that and say yeah that's great you know go for it it just depends on which team I'll do it and mm. I think there's certain stories that you're going to be more attached to than others others it could be right I want you to write the next uh I'm not always say James Wayne could be Marvel, um, you know, mm. uh, part of the series and uh, the, the comics and plots. So, 
and that's great but if you're not attached to it you'll be like yeah okay you can have fun with this let's make this a little bit of a thing and if they change it you know that's fine mm. but then mm-hmm. if you're writing something that's a little bit more close to home you're going to be slightly different about it and and I would say it's probably like oh no but this is what I enjoy or this is about me or about someone close to me so I need to make sure that I'm in on all of the uh yeah all the decisions right, yeah no, that, that makes perfect sense. I think I'd be more like that as well. If I spend all the time writing it, they're like, yeah, I want to kind of make sure that it's, uh, you know, my vision, Yeah, you know, even yeah. if it's not good. Even if it's, but, <laughs> even if it's bad. I mean, not saying you're, you're it, but from my end, I'm like, although I think for me, it might be like, yeah, you probably know more than me. So I'll let you. <laughs> um, but uh, and sp- speaking on that, so if I were to write a script, because you <laughs> also, you you and your sister, I believe, you founded a company, Rhyme, is it Rhyme Entertainment, which I mentioned uh, before. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what's it, well, the question would be what is rhyme entertainment limited so what uh wh- why did you uh find what what were you going for um yeah you know, what, what did you want no, to no. do with this get, that's a lot of questions sorry what is rhyme entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> no no that's all good um so rhyme entertainment limited um was was actually originally founded in 2009 so basically the same time as my Mm. screenwriting journey um started um and basically originally it was just about promoting bands and uh filmmakers authors anyone like within the creative industry but we actually started off as an online magazine um it kind of came, it was, yeah, it was so cool. Like, I mean, it was brilliant because we were getting to know all of these bands, you know, the time when MySpace was up and running and, you know, although the, back in the day, so for those uh, listeners that are just kind of, you know, in recent times, there was a site <laughs> called MySpace and there was some good stuff and not some very strange stuff. But yeah, the good stuff was good because you actually got to really get to know some new uh, music, like, you know, musicians, new filmmakers, and it was a really good place to kind of get social with them so anyway like that started then and we'd go to gigs we'd do album reviews and you know again like I mentioned about authors as well and we had a team that was spread out all over we had writers from Canada we had um, again some promoting some Canadian rock bands as well as um, hip-hop artists filmmakers and all of that across the globe Um, but putting together a magazine is hard work um and as I'd mentioned you know things like bills to pay and you know things like the the daily stuff you know that you have to kind of be responsible for it was just difficult to keep up so again Mm. just exactly the same time with the filmmaking it we just ended up having a bit of a stopgap the magazine went on a little bit longer because it was something that you could do like a little bit more easier um easily um and then I would say in 2018, yeah, I think it's 2018 now. I can't even remember my date. No, 2019, it must have been 2019. We basically just decided to bring what was Rhyme Showcase back, but then launch it as a YouTube show instead. So starting from the basics again, let's just make this into a YouTube show, could have a podcast um and and just kind of start it off then we were like no but we're still not happy we still want more 
Um, and then, so my sister's a coach um, and she's been coaching people within the arts and entertainment industry um, just by chance. So casting agents, actors, musicians, she was doing that. And obviously with my background in project management and also launching into script consultancy, we're like, well, why not? Let's just make this a service. So this is where Rhyme Entertainment Limited began. So now it's not only is it the YouTube show where we promote talent and, you know, within the arts and entertainment industry, but we're also uh, consultants, uh, coaches, consultants, and obviously doing script reading and production. So we've now moved into actually working on a project where we're producing our own first documentary. Oh, wow. So this is basically the involvement. Thank you. So that's the involvement of Rhyme Entertainment Limited. And Shasha, we're not stopping there. We're just we're just going <laughs> to roll with beginning. it. And we're just going to keep going. And, and that's basically, you know, where we want to, you know, move forward in the production side of it. Um, but not just about film, though. You know, we want to still bring in the musician, you know, the musics and get, get in there with, you know, the musicians as well. Because everyone, you know, we know within the last year how, what a struggle it has mm -hmm. been for the arts. And, and there's so much creativity out there that can't be hidden. And we want to be part of that. We want to make sure we're working with people to bring that out. So whether it is the music side of it, whether it is the film side of it, or even working with authors and, you know, just to really kind of hone in on that and just make it a one big platform where everyone can enjoy the, the content that we promote and, and the people that we're promoting as well. Yeah, sounds sounds fantastic, and it, it's again you you started. I mean, not small, but it's started with one thing with um, the showcase, and now it's uh, you know expanding more and more. And now you're making mm. a documentary, and you have you know still have ideas because I'm sure your years of experience might have you know helped as well. Um, that's you know, and you mentioned as well that uh, one of the services is a script reading, which and we mentioned before yeah. we started recording that at least I wish that there were more script readers because I don't know how many there are, but <laughs> you know, how many qualified script readers. Um, you know, speaking of Hollywood movies, that there are some films that even successful films that even me, who's really, really not even a, not even an amateur, <laughs> but even I go. Why would they do that? I mean, did nobody say that this was a bad idea <laughs> to include this? I mean, um, but I, I, I suppose, you know, now that you are a you know, filmmaker as well, what I, I suppose, what things do you look for when you're a script reader? Is there anything in particular or is there any, um, I don't know, when you're reading a script, you know, differences to writing a script? So what, what exactly or what advice would you give, I guess, yeah. the question? Yeah, no. Again, a lot of questions, probably the big question, what advice would you give to script writers? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's question there, um, Shosha, but yeah, I would basically say, the thing is, it's about, it is about the plot. I mean, I've learned so much when I did my script reading certification as well, um, that actually made me you know sort out my my craft in that sense um and it's about making sure you know does the plot align making sure there's enough character development in there if there's particular thing quirks about the character how are you showing that we don't want just a paragraph of descriptive 
describing exactly what this person is doing and then he goes here and then she's doing this you mm. know it's about how do you show that in a script rather than tell and it's a really it's a difficult thing to get to that point and I would say the more you write the more you're actually going to be able to do that or the more you read scripts the more you're able to um to kind of really find out exactly right how do they do this and you know what is it that I'm actually writing am I just telling the audience or am I showing the audiences mm. am I gonna add in something you know again for for people like me who want to direct their own films as well am I in the camera shot or something or am I just wanting to show the audience what they should see as you know as this scene is being put together and also things like dialogue you look at mm. things like you know is it realistic and you know I mean there's certain quotes I won't name the film but you know there were certain things where it said oh I wasn't allowed in through the front door so I decided to come in the window come through the window and it was like well why did you need to say that like mm. we could clearly we knew that you snuck in like one particular scene for those of you that might know what I'm talking about if you've seen it a hundred and so times like I have uh, but yeah, um you know certain things like that you'd say well you don't necessarily have to say that in the script so those are certain things that I would say oh well is this really needed going back with that feedback perhaps you could say it this way to make it look a bit more realistic rather than telling the audience you snuck in <laughs> you know is there a different way of doing that um so it really does depend on the script, if I'm honest. Like, um, but again, it is about understanding the character development, looking at the plot. Is there consistency? Noticing, I dare I say it, things like typos, grammatical errors, mm. uh, structure, and uh, the way it's written. So those would be more or less the very um, rigid side mm. of it but if we're looking on more of the fluid and the the fluidity of the script that's basically what I'm saying right okay perhaps you could probably reword it to this or maybe the um the dialect doesn't seem that of someone who's in the south or you know this doesn't seem like this is a northerner or, or you know <laughs> like you would really have to kind of understand where is this person from is this right of someone who is maybe um you know, uh, British-born, Asian kind of thing, you know, is this something that what they would say if you were in East London or something like that, you'd really need to kind of know that or give advice to that person, say, well, that seems a little bit more formal, perhaps we need a bit more slang and not necessarily telling them how to write their scripts, but just giving them some pointers on how they could perfect it and if you could. And that's basically what a script reader would do or a script consultant um, there is that side of it, but then there's also the side of it when you're working alongside film festivals as well, just kind of looking at, right, you know, whether this is uh, honourable mention, selectee, winner or finalist or something like that. So, again, you'll just go by, you know, the, the plot and how well it's written in terms of that. No, so that's, that's a great advice there. And I, uh, I listened to a podcast on uh, TV series Better Call Saul from yes. the filmmakers, from the writers, uh, what is it, Peter Gilligan, or Vince Gilligan, and Peter yeah, Gold yeah. as well. I mean, they wrote Breaking Bad as well, so I think they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they, then that's another thing as well, knowing where credit's given, where credit's due, and you're like, yeah, they, they, they know what they're doing. <laughs> 
uh, because Dan, they had some great advice as well. Now, I, I am not a writer, but one thing that, you know, I'm paraphrasing here what Vince Gilligan mm. said, and this is kind of something that kind of annoys me as well, is when people kind of to, to make the plot move forward, they just make the characters do dumb things, like do stupid things. Like in, I you know, we all do stupid things. Like, you know, the typical one in horror movies, oh, don't go down on your own to the basement. Exactly. <laughs> oh, don't go yeah. down on your and own. And they always the... do it, yeah. <laughs> um, so Vince Gilligan was saying as well, um, you know, try to come up with other ways not to have your character stupid. Like if they were saying with, um, you know, in Breaking Bad and then in Better Call Saul with Saul Goodman, how could they, have him you know become bad without him just becoming stupid and people around yeah. him uh yeah. is, is that something that you find as well or other things like that, that when you're reading scripts that... yeah I think there's sometimes there's a push like for example like I've read certain scripts where it's just violent for the sake of it mm. there's no reason behind it um and and that's something i'm yeah you know and it'll be like well why is it so sadistic and don't get me wrong you know i mean i'm all for creativity but then there's a bit where you start to worry a little bit (laughs) you're like okay um but you know you get to the point where it's like okay is it going to be that corrupt and sadistic because there's a reason behind that Mm. or is it just because you want to like scare the whole a cinema or something like you just want to freak people out so much and that's great if that's the purpose then you're doing that but it's you know you've got to do things within reason and it has to be again it has to feel natural like um you know and I've seen certain scripts where you know it starts off as natural and it could be really good if they stuck to the the darkness but it was slowly paced Mm. but then all of a sudden it started escalating and all this violence started coming into it and it was like but was that actually needed or was it just because of the fact that you wanted to just kind of throw in a lot of gore just for the sake of it so I think certain things like that I always say make sure every single action has meaning to it unless you are doing a a complete comedy spoof then yeah of course you can be completely wacky and again but still the humor has to be to the point where it's actually going to make them laugh but they're not just doing silly things for the sake of it so and comedy is difficult to write which I haven't yet grasped so I'm not even going to offer any sort of advice on that but yeah but I would say make sure each action has got a meaning to it because you know this is really or it's relevance and I think that is um, yeah that that makes sense and then there's uh, on another podcast it's about books this time but the two uh, hosts discussed like stories and writing as well and one says uh, one said that he didn't think that the ending really mattered that if you if mm. the if the, um, if the whole uh, story was really good and then the ending was disappointing it wouldn't bother him whereas the other person said that for him the ending is the most important because that's what we remember most mm. uh, so that he said even if the you know the beginning and middle isn't great but then the ending is really good that for him that would elevate the story and elevate the book in this case so where, where do you sit on this <laughs> yeah oh, it's just the amount of patience you need for mm. the whole of that um there's a lot of films that that do have that um you know again I've most recently again I've watched one of the films that was sagas that you know um when you watch that when you're you know 
you know, very, very young. <laughs> but, you know, you watch them and then you'll think, oh, actually, I didn't enjoy the last one because it was just a bit like it just dragged and dragged and dragged. But then you get to the end and you're like, oh, I wish I kind of watched the whole thing now. I feel like I've missed out <laughs> because I've not what I've not appreciated the whole thing. So that I do. I do understand because sometimes the end can save a film. Mm. Um, and it could be have it could have a right blip in the middle where it's just completely like okay well I'm not sure the point of it are they just using it to fill gaps but then all of a sudden something will happen at the end that brings it all together it really again I, I don't think I can even offer any sort of opinion <laughs> on that there's just certain films is hit and miss if you can save the film when you get towards the end then brilliant but if you find that it's actually just gonna you know kind of drag and not kind of finish on a on a high note then there's something that needs to be changed obviously to, to maybe change a bit of the plot to make that a bit better I believe you're also a, is it a film juror at film festivals is that yeah uh, correct so what what is that I mean I'm guessing I have an idea that you watch films and judge you know which film you think is best well, what exactly does it involve and then does your now that you're making films as well has this experience you know would you say helps so I suppose the first question yeah. is what, what what is involved in being a, a film juror in a film festival yeah so I mean the first thing I was doing was doing script jury and then obviously you know obviously critiquing using the script consultancy as um as my background to be able to obviously help with finalizing the decisions of winners and selectees, et cetera. Um, in terms of the film, so I'm currently in terms of the pre-screening panel before it gets to the official jurors. So not quite during yet, maybe one okay. day that will happen. But what we'll do is within this is basically about looking at the films, looking at the, also finding out, you know, are they student filmmakers? Are they first time filmmakers or you know are they well established and then also looking at it's kind of a similar thing you know trying to make sure that the, the you know the film is as interesting what sort of topics are they highlighting as well in terms of you know there's some real issues out there that need to be addressed and how are they doing that necessarily you know you're looking at the things like the plot the character development the music um and even just in terms of the whole cinematography generally and kind of giving it an overall rating um I would say because of now kind of moving forward in my filmmaking career now I've learned how to be a little bit more nicer um about things because it's not easy I think before I was a little bit more ruthless thinking I just didn't enjoy that and that's not fair and mm. and I think you know at that point is I know a good story but then when you're looking at it being made just like you mentioned you need to come from a different angle and actually know as well you know not to be so ruthless because that's people's heart and soul that's mm. their project yeah. um so they've done it's it their baby. <laughs> yeah, it's their baby exactly so it's more or less you know being able to give constructive criticism and even if it isn't that great then what is it that they could do to improve it slightly or, you know, find the real positives out of that as well? Because no matter what film is being made, there's no such thing as a bad film, because if you think about it, there's always going to be this element of greatness to it, because A, someone's made, you know, put the money behind it. Secondly, someone's been able to take out the time to make it, someone's mm -hmm. to write it. But 
if you think about films like The Room by Tommy Wiseau, look, mm. that one, like the worst film, and look, there's a there's positives out of that because, you know, he's still making money from this, right? <laughs> so what, there's no such thing as a bad film anymore because there's still going to be some positives, but you do have to really kind of have come from this part where are saying, right, okay, what is it that I'm trying to aim for? I can see what they're doing here, and this is the sort of feedback that I would give. There are going to be instances where not everyone obviously makes a cut, but you just need to kind of, again, be constructive um, and, mm. and always follow up, be always be positive with that because it is, you know, it's someone's dream as well. You know, you could probably say, someone could say it's terrible. Someone could look at my show. And again, there's, you know, um, some festivals that haven't selected it. And we'll say, oh, it's rubbish. <laughs> but if I heard that, I'd be like, oh, I'd be distraught. But, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, you have to kind of treat everyone with TLC when it comes to that. So it's a difficult one to, to do, but it is really good because you do get to see so many different varieties and it's so diverse and the cultural diversity amongst so many different films now is brilliant. Um, and it's just good that we need to see more of them. So it's good to represent. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Definitely more variety, the, the better. Uh, yeah. that, and uh, is, is, is that changing then do you, do you, from what you see that like you mentioned as well is there more and more people from different cultures and different backgrounds are they now able to make more films that it's not just and I say this as a you know straight white male that it's not mm. just straight white males <laughs> making films uh, is there more of a variety now for people who are involved yeah definitely I mean it's so diverse now I mean there's more to go I'm not going to say it's right, like yes. the best that it's been because we know that there is so much more but I feel now people have become more and more empowered to do more I mean even you know speaking for myself being you know of uh, Mauritian origin uh, you know born and raised in in Britain and then obviously being female as well just trying to kind of push out what you do because again it's not just necessarily oh you're going to think a certain way or I'm only going to do Indian type of films or you know you start to mm. box people up and and it's like no actually you could do loads of different types and when you're working with film festivals you see that diversity you can see that you know um someone from a different background is writing a, a script that's based in America because they understand mm. the culture. They could be from Timbuktu, but they understand mm. exactly what's going on. And it could be again, and I think that's really important to see that, that we can start, to, because we're learning from each other because we have become more global since the pandemic in a sense because we're connecting more with different Definitely. people from different parts of the world but also there's no opportunity to not know what's going on now because you've got the internet you can learn about things you connect with others there's so much more out there and this is why there's no excuse for the for the industry not to become diverse now because we've just got so many different people learning so many different things and we've all got messages so mm. No, definitely. Yeah. And it can only benefit the industry, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and then going back, uh, be, you, know, be, you know, I don't want to keep you too long, but going back That's to, right, to, yeah. to <laughs> Ryan uh, Entertainment, because I see as well, we spoke about your uh, script reading service that you mm -hmm. provide. 
Um, and you also mentioned that you have a, a background in project management. Mm -hmm. uh, do, you, uh, do you also have, uh, showcase people with this? Do you also help people? Maybe, because I imagine that's kind of imp important as well in the film and arts and music industry. Uh, do you also help people with, with, with this by any chance? Yeah, yeah. So I provide um, consultancy and projects as well. So film projects, um, especially because, again, you know, from the very moment that you just have the idea, how do you get the idea to actually, you know, um, develop that, make sure that it's actually taking, you're taking action on it. So it's almost like a, a more of a coaching side of it. So with that project idea, what you're going to do with that? Have you got a budget together? If so, do you know, again, like we mentioned before, making sure you're outlining exactly what you need to do. Are the activities within the film project feasible? Do you actually need that to happen? And again, that kind of combines that script consultancy in there as well, um, because you start to say, right, is that bit really, really needed? I do it with my own projects. Um, and then you basically start saying, right, is this needed? No, let's filter it out. Okay, have we saved a bit of money? Or if not, um, you know, how long do we have left? What are the dependencies? Do we need to make sure that it's not raining outside? You know, a project that I'm working on now, we've had to completely change location to indoors. It was supposed to be an outdoor thing, but because it's just so unpredictable with the weather, it's just going to ruin the look that we're looking for. So we've had to change that. And then, of course, at the end of it, is this what you were looking for? So you have to make sure that you understand that it's not just about the idea in doing it, but was it actually, you're, you're kind of reflecting on, was this actually what you intended to do with this film? Is this got the right message? Or do we need to kind of rejig a few things and, and do a bit of a changing of things around a little bit? So again, it's a constant thing and projects as well, because I come from a corporate background as well as being in the creative industry as well. So I take a lot from what I've learned when I've trained project management as well. I take all of that and I bring that in because these are things that are skills that you can use in anything and not even just film, but like, you know, construction, you mm, can even use it to book a holiday. <laughs> a holiday is a project in itself. Oh, so that's, yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly where I use those, uh, that qualification and, and those skills and mindset to kind of push forward with other projects. Fantastic. And then I believe as well, you also provide, is it a coaching or training on how to, I do interviews how to promote oneself as well market yes. oneself as well yeah uh, so we I actually do that with my sister as well because where she's like she does like energy healing and she does coaching as well so that's basically something where we've had the experience with Rhyme Entertainment Showcase that's where we look to push that forward as well because again you know you've got some people that want to have the um the content out there mm. but it's always difficult to do an interview like me I'm just <laughs> waffling on you know we're looking at the time now and I realize like what time it is but you know again it's something that you really want to make sure that people feel comfortable and also that they know how to deliver their answers and hopefully I'm doing exactly I, what I, I, we think you are. I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah. mean, I, I shouldn't think what I would be like 
on your end, you know, girl, <laughs> we would probably be two, three hours. <laughs> what I could say, in, what you could say, in, you know, 10 minutes, I could say in half an hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's basically yeah. where we live with that. And it is just about people that are new to the industry. How can they promote themselves better? And, you know, even thinking about their own social media brand, you know, mm. how can they start to make that a little bit more, um, um, yeah, uh, more yeah press kind yeah, of uh, press friendly <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's very important because i find you know with when i listen to um authors and then my other podcast i do the gaming podcast when game developers even myself for you know my, you know this podcast is you know i like doing interviews and people like you know writing books or doing the work but what found difficult is actually promoting it you know it's yeah. getting the word out there getting people to either to listen to the podcast read the book and know about uh, the book yeah. and the games as well so that's great to provide that service and then i meant to ask you as well um what, what how is it working with your sister oh <laughs> it's brilliant yeah so get on well because i know what yeah so- some people say is you know don't work with family and friends but in your case uh... oh yeah I we couldn't think of you know each other like to not work with each other would be absolutely crazy I mean everyone who knows us even from those that have been on our shows as well we're literally I mean we're joined by the hip we're just I mean we live together as well so that's been helpful obviously with with lockdown but yeah yeah, I don't think there's anyone that I would rather work with and I'm sure I'm hoping she'd say the same thing too (laughs) Uh, but yeah we're just literally we just I think we balance each other out so you know like I said where I'm like, oh, I really want this done. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And then she'll be like, it's all right, it's fine. You know, <laughs> we balance each other. And she's like literally my zen um, when it comes to things. So again, we've literally been able to kind of keep each other going. Oh, um, and again, during lockdown, I mean, she really did give me the kick up my backside to really <laughs> kind of push forward with the filmmaking as well. Because um, she's like, look, you're either going to do it or you're not. So what's it going to be? Um, and it was like, yeah I think I better do it then <laughs> and yeah and it's the same with her as well so wherever we need that push um we're, we're there for each other and yeah it's just worked really well for Rhyme Entertainment. Well, that, that, that's great to hear because I've heard other stories of family members you know who start working together and then they realize oh this is not going to work out but <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear it, it is working out to get on very well and then finally you mentioned the documentary that you're making uh, how far are you in the documentary um what what can you tell us about that so the documentary is actually entitled is romance dead um so it's really focusing on the dating world today and looking at relationships from back in the day you know the days where you used to meet people face to face yeah yeah you remember those days right yeah so it's looking at that and looking at the contrast of what it is today in terms of apps online dating and social media because that's literally where the world is going um and you know just kind of you know the the good sides the bad sides and looking at couples that are you know that have even maybe got together that way but also um you know or they've got together the the I don't like to say the old-fashioned way but the (laughs) personal way yeah like face-to-face way um and also kind of looking at it from the single side of it as well you know um 
what what has worked for them and what hasn't what they've seen as the issues and and stuff so it's really kind of focusing in on that and but also to give people hope so ultimately okay. <laughs> it's a positive spin on it we don't want to make it of like doom and gloom for everyone who's single no it's really um, but that is actually we're currently in edit now so oh. uh, the editing has been put together We've got a great person that's worked on the music as well for it. So, I mean, he's absolutely been amazing. But, um, but yeah, so it will be ready for, and we're going to start film, uh, doing some film festival submissions for that. So there's a lot of docu-fests and stuff around. So we'd like to see what the response is and start off with the, the film festival crowd first um, mm. before it eventual distribution. So fingers crossed. Yeah, that yeah. is. Uh, it is an important topic because I read an article on The Guardian that said that, you know, the lockdown that single people have been left out. <laughs> you know, when you can't meet people face to face. And exactly. um, it's, uh, I mean, I could speak to you for hours about that, but I won't. Don't worry. I will let you <laughs> Maybe some other time when the documentary is out, I'll have you back on. If, yeah, uh, definitely. It's, um, but, but yeah, I'd you know, love to see that, you know, myself. And then, uh, is there anything else that um, you, as we're slowly but surely reopening society and you know getting back to you know meeting, <laughs> hopefully not just virtually, <laughs> uh, yeah. is there anything else that you could say that you might be working on or just you know keep our yeah know, watch your space? Or... So I mean, yeah, I am looking to start shooting for my next short, which is um, how it is. Um, and that is the one that I'm really pushing in terms of obviously crowdfunding, you know, financial stuff is always, you know, up in the air when it comes to filmmaking. Mm. Um, so again, you know, we've already got some people casted for certain roles at that. It's That's almost great. a lot of feedback coming from that. And again, the script has been selected for uh, quite a number of film festivals and has been almost a quarter finalist to get funded for. But, you know, uh, but again, you know, when you're in a, a whole, pool of so many amazing scripts um it's one of those things but just to get that far again um is absolutely amazing um but yeah so that is on the horizon so this summer fingers crossed weather providing and money providing that will definitely take place um yeah so this summer we're looking to actually start shooting on that um so really really looking forward to it because that is just something that this year that film needs to be made that's the that's the aim that it needs to be it needs to be done at least by October but yeah so um but yeah happy to kind of share any sort of links and information yeah yeah so I just wanted to ask you know where can people um you know first of all find you find out more about what rhyme entertainment and about uh about you is there anywhere that people can find find out more online yeah, absolutely. So I'd say probably the best place to go is social media. And I, when I say social media, I definitely mean Instagram. So um, you can head over to at Rhyme Entertainment Official, and that's R-I-M-E. So Rhyme Entertainment Official, or you can also follow me on at Missy Hurry. So M-I-S-S-Y, hurry as in hurry up. Um, yep, so you can follow me on there, um, on Instagram. And again, all of those pages have got links to um, all of the other pages that we've got on there. Um, so yeah, so definitely those will be the two main ones. Or you can head over to www 
www.rhymeentertainment.com. And again, that's R-I-M-E. Okay. Fantastic. I'll, I'll be sure to include the links in the show notes as well to make it easier for people to. Thank you. Um, no, so that was great. Is there anything else that you'd like to mention that we haven't covered? Or that to... I think we've probably given <laughs> everyone an earful of uh, me rambling on. No, it's been um, very interesting. I've, I mean, I've just followed you on Instagram now. So. Amazing. I think it's uh, just flashed up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would probably just say, look, I mean, it doesn't matter, like, in terms of what level you're at in in you know in your creativity again I'm not saying that I'm an expert I'm you know I would say probably I'm still on like level one level two I don't know if there are levels I'm just making this up now um but yeah if anything look it doesn't matter where you're at just start and Mm. see where you go like no one no one's ever going to know what they're fully capable of unless they do it so again just like yourself Shersha you know doing this podcast thank you Mm. so much for having me as a guest (laughs) and I would say look just do it and the reward will come and you know sometimes it will hit you because there'll be so many things coming your way Um, and other things might take time but it doesn't mean that's the end so that's what I would just like to finish off with today perfect uh well thank you so much melissa it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you um i've and, and i can tell that you know you're very positive and hopeful as well which is i think what we all need <laughs> uh, after the year we've had <laughs> it's yeah, not definitely. All <laughs> <laughs> no definitely thanks again shersha and again keep doing what you're doing it's absolutely fantastic oh, thank you that means a lot thank you